Welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. This is the place for indie horror filmmakers and fans. We have fun promoting and celebrating indie horror, do interviews, deep dives, and even include some educational material. Greetings and welcome to the Dead Harvey Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about The Boogeyman. I've been interested in checking this one out for a while, mostly because Rob Savage directed it, and I'm a big fan of his earlier movies, especially Host. The Boogeyman is based off a Stephen King short story. I remember it from the anthology Night Shift that I read a long time ago. I do remember really digging the anthology, and that's like right when I first started reading King books, and... I was on I was on a roll there. I was I was, I was like two years there where I just read nothing but Stephen King books. Anyway, so it's officially based off of the Stephen King short story, but who knows how far back stories go about the monster in the closet or that creature that you see, the eyes in the dark it's when you're a kid. You know, like when you're a kid, everything is a monster around you when you're at night trying to sleep. So the story of the boogeyman, of course, the monster in the closet. That thing that you see in the dark, you know, what your mind conjures up that you see in the dark, that goes way back to my childhood. There's, of course, a story that I always remember from my childhood about the boogeyman creature. There's a neighbor girl, and my brother and I went over to her house, and we all went in the closet, and she turned on a flashlight, very campfire style, when you tell a scary story. And she put the, she turned the light on the flashlight, and it, illuminated underneath her chin, made her look all spooky. And she started telling us this story about a monster that lives under the bed. She said, if you hear a scratching late at night and you hear it kind of, it'll start kind of faint and then it will increase. And she said, if you don't get off the bed and to the door, the scratching will continue because there's a monster that lives under your bed and he will keep scratching and scratching until he scratches your heart out. So make sure to sleep with one eye open. And make sure that you can jump from the bed to the door <laughs> so that you can get out of there before the monster scratches your heart out. So I would always look under the bed before going to sleep. And I would always like get on top of the bed and try to figure out if I could like jump all the way to the door to open it and just get out of there in time. I was totally freaked out by this. My brother was more kind of amused by it. <laughs> so he kind of tormented me for a while. And we kept, he just would keep like bringing up stories about the monster and i was just totally freaked out kept thinking this thing under the bed was going to scratch my heart out at night and one night i heard scratching i heard a faint scratching and i almost they almost had like the heart attack whatever the uh, you're not supposed to have heart attacks until you get older in life but as a kid i almost had a heart attack and i looked down and my brother was underneath the bed (laughs) pretending to be the monster he did the same thing um when we were in the woods and we heard stories of, of bears, my brother pretended he was a bear. <laughs> he was like crawling when we went to the woods. But anyways, he was very amused by it. But I was traumatized for a while and it always stayed with me. But I think it was better that I found out that it was my brother that was scratching on the bed than an actual monster. Because maybe if he hadn't gone under there, I would have kept thinking the monster would have existed and would have terrified me even more. So maybe he did me a favor. <laughs> Anyways, so I have kind of that personal connection about the Boogeyman. So I was thinking about when I saw this movie. But that is a very, like, primal thing. And this movie does a great job of making everything in the dark look like it's creepy. Like, just like the little beads, like the little... 
like these little two little lights that little lights that look like they could be eyeballs that are staring at you in the dark. It does all kinds of really cool stuff like that. So Rob Savage, who directed this movie, the movies he directed before were Host and Dashcam. Host is effectively very, very freaky movie. It's about a bunch of kids that are on lockdown. It was made during COVID. And they're on Zoom. They do a seance over Zoom and a spirit attacks them. There is, well, there's a couple actually really good jump scares in Host that freaked me out. And there's also at least one really good one in Dashcam as well, too. So Dashcam, which is about this uh, female rapper. Uh, that's, it's kind of like this Uber driver and she drives around during the pandemic and basically just like terrorizes people and goes on this whole spree where she steals her friend's car and just does all this crazy stuff. But towards the end of that movie, there's a really, really cool jump scare. He does, uh, Rob Savage does this stuff where he does like a jump scare where it just comes kind of out of nowhere when you're not expecting it. And the, and the frames in it are very short. So you only see it for like the blink of an eye, and then it's gone. And it, it kind of lodges its way into your brain when it's done that way. Willow Creek reminded me of like when you see the creature at the end of Willow Creek. Barely see this thing, but just seeing it and just like your mind kind of filling in the pieces of the rest of it, of what that creature is, was very effective. And I actually, Dashcam is a very polarizing movie because the personality of the main female character in the movie. But I thought that both it and host were great because they were very kind of well host has like a little bit more of a traditional feel but it goes out of the box because it's using it's it's kind of black mirror like with like the seance during the technology and dashcam is even more out of the box especially like with its kind of structure and its approach to telling the story that's what i really dug about those movies that's what i really like about rob savage's directing style the boogeyman is about this creature of course that terrorizes this family it sort of does a kind of ring-like thing to it so chris messina is a therapist david desmulchin comes into his office and of course uh, chris is working out of his home he's got like he's running like a therapy thing out of his home and so basically this crazy guy just comes in and he tells a story about how his family died and and he was getting blamed for it and then a little bit later on this guy disappears and they everybody finds out the family finds out that he hangs himself then after that basically he kind of brings the boogeyman with him but the movie doesn't really like delve into or explain any more than that. It's like all of a sudden now this family has the curse on them. The boogeyman is going to scare them until it decides to try and kill them, basically. So when it does all the setup stuff for the monster terrorizing the family, it's really cool. And it does take you back to your childhood. The rest of the movie, though, to me, it missed that unique style that Rob Savage has that out of the box kind of approach that he takes to filmmaking because it had a much more mainstream feel to it. And I don't necessarily mean by PG 13 because PG 13 for horror movies, I don't really think I know a lot of people freak out about PG like diehard horror fans will freak out about PG 13 or they'll be like, this movie's going to suck because it's PG 13. But I don't think that like one rule applies to everything for you know, all horror movies have to be rated R to be effective, basically. But that being said, even if it was R, I don't really think it would have would have made it that much different. Um, the creepiness is definitely there. And the primal fear of that creature in the closet stalking you. To me, what made it more kind of stale is that we've seen this story a bunch over and over again. When you have the monster attacking somebody, especially like a family, like once the monster uh, latches onto the family, it's just kind of little by little scaring them. And not really anything is explained, which is okay, but like it's sort of confusing because 
how much does a monster have to scare somebody before he knows that he's going to actually try and kill them? So it's confusing. Is he toying with them like a cat? Is he? Is there like an amount of days? Can he can he scare them for fifteen days and then he's got to <laughs> and he's got to appease his monster higher ups by trying to kill them and then move on to another family? And it's weird because David Desmelchin comes over and he's they know that they got the curse of the boogeyman from him, but they don't try and give it to anybody else, which I guess is very responsible of them. When, when you when you watch a movie, Smile I thought handled handled this much more effectively because in the movie Smile, there's sort of like that ring-like curse. And then it was also um, a therapist was the was the lead uh, adult character in it. And it was Kevin Bacon's daughter. And people would come into her office and they had the smile and they told her about this demon stalking them. The demon went back and forth between all kinds of different people. And there's a whole history of it. And the boogeyman is just basically, you know, David Desmochian that comes in, tells a story, and then the family being haunted by him. So it's kind of like these similar scare scenes repeating themselves. And the movie just had kind of like a repetitive feel to me. So I actually started getting bored through parts of the movie, except, except for some of the really cool, scary scenes where they thought were great. And you'll be able to identify with this. I think almost everybody will. will be able will be able to identify with their childhood fears when they watch this movie. Or even like, you know, when you're an adult and you have, if you've ever had sleep paralysis before and you see the shadow people, I mean, stuff like that. Stuff like that is very like, experiencing that will put you into a grip of crippling fear. I've had nightmares put me in like crippling fear, like thinking I was seeing a creature in my mind telling me that. So um, just things like that, I think that's like, it's like very relatable for everybody. Everybody's had that one nightmare that you just can't shake for a while or just that feeling that something's there. Um, so it really does well playing on that and using the, and using the camera work on the sounds and like the atmosphere to really amplify it and freak out. So all that Rob Savage does great. I just think that there needed to be more there, more creature needed to go and attack more people. There just needed to be more to, to help the pacing of the movie. Cause to me, it just felt like the pacing really slowed down and I, and it, I just felt like it dragged and I was just kind of like, wait, okay, now I'm ready for the monster to just start trying to kill the family. <laughs> that sounds kind of lousy to say, but I just want you get to a point like in a movie where you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to see now. And I, and Okay, I've seen all the cool stuff, so now I just want to watch the finale. So aside from the the primal fears, the monster, like the whole design of the monster, uh, Savage does a really good job of like keeping it hidden, just showing glimpses of it like he did with those effective scares in Host and uh, and Dashcam. When you see the monster, it's awesome. It's a fantastic design. The monster's really, really cool looking. So anytime like you show a creature in full, of course, it's going to lose... Some of its effectiveness because, like, no matter how great the creature design is, it'll never be better than what your imagination can conjure up. But the creature design in this is outstanding. I mean, it's really cool. It's definitely one of the highlights of the movie. I'd say it's almost worth watching just for the just for the creature design. When I got done watching this movie, I had the feeling of, you know, I just wish there would have been more people the creature was attacking to have kind of like just if they're not gonna if the story's not gonna go anywhere different, just to just to have it move along faster. But the main thing that I was thinking of, this is what Hollywood does. It takes these guys that are these indie film directors, and they have this really cool, unique style. And the movies are very out of the box. And then basically, they just merge them in to kind of a more mainstream movie. So like the personality of the director that you were seeing in those earlier movies, a little bit of that goes away. I mean, you still, you'll still see it. 
Of course, you know, you notice this with Sam Raimi when he does more mainstream stuff and he doesn't do all the crazy camera work like he like he does in the Evil Dead, Darkman and everything. But you'll see that where some of his more mainstream movies are harder to tell that it's Sam Raimi. Kind of like that with this movie, but although the scare scenes, I could tell that's probably why they picked him because he was he is really good at like that effective jump scare kind of stuff. But the Boogeyman didn't feel nearly as out of the box to me as Host and Dashcam did. I other than that, monster, sound design, atmosphere, all that stuff, very cool. But it's a movie that we've seen many, many times before. I always think about that when Hollywood takes indie directors and put them into movies. And like, as more and more movies progress, or if they, and if like indie directors get more mainstream, they start to just become assimilated into the Hollywood system. So it's weird that they're chosen because they stand out of the Hollywood system, but then they get assimilated into the Hollywood system. So I hope that that does not happen with Savage. So anyways, Boogeyman was kind of a little bit of a hit and miss for me. It is a cool movie to see like on a matinee just for the, just for the scary scenes and how he, and how uh, Savage orchestrates the scary scenes in that and the jump scares. That's pretty cool. So I'm glad that I saw it in the theater, but just wish it was more indie style and didn't remind me as much of the Hollywood movie we've seen too many times. I will say, though, if I saw this as a kid, it probably would have freaked the shit out of me. Probably would have given me nightmares. It would have stayed in my brain for a while. I can definitely tell that Savage is a legitimate horror nerd from interviews I've seen with him. He's in filmmaking for all the right reasons because he's definitely got a passion for it and got a passion for horror movies. So I just hope that Hollywood will fund him to make more out-of-the-box stuff in the future and not try to absorb him as much into their machine is what I'm hoping for. But I hope he has a, a long career because I do think he has a lot of talent. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. And until next time, when you go to sleep at night, keep one eye open and always be vigilant because you're never too old to be scared. To me, it's mostly like what donuts do to me like later at night. That's more dangerous than any monster. But we'll see you next time on the Dead Harvey Podcast. Yeah.